0: It's another episode of the Wabcast 2.0. I am your host, Wobby, here to break down all things Minnesota Vikings. Coming off yet another victory for the Purple and Gold. This one, a rare road victory at Lambeau Field for the Minnesota Vikings as they now entrench themselves squarely in the thick of it in the NFC and the NFC North with the Detroit Lions still to play a game on Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders lots to get to just from that standpoint of things but of course there's the unfortunate elephant in the room which is the Kirk Cousins injury which makes this victory monday a much more somber occasion than one would hope or expect lots to get to lots to break down to help me do that is my partner and co-host as usual he joins me it's giles hey partner how you doing
1: hey hey happy monday uh, this is usually where I say we've arrived at the best day of the week. Now oh, that's a, a little tough saying in the context that Kirk Cousins is out for the season. However, man. in the s- true spirit of my comment about Mondays are the best day of the week, it's always a good hit, uh, a good day to hit reset. Right, a good day yeah. to to reset and try to find out how to go win because life will always punch you in the face in some way, shape, or form. And how do you recover from that? And you know, we'll get more into it, but if you look at the Minnesota Vikings and all the ways that we've been clicking up until this point through eight games, if you're going to try to put in a a lesser quarterback, uh, I'm glad it's with this type of team. If we have any semblance of of possible success going through the rest of the season, our offensive line is performing well. Our weapon yeah. sets are performing well. JJ is hopefully uh, scheduled to come back within the next few uh, weeks. The defense is doing well, so now is time to to really see what our system can produce when your your starting quarterback goes down. Yep,
0: that's that's right. And we're going to talk about Cousins, the injury, like everything about it. What to do next when it comes to the locker room and the team. They they were certainly aware of their quarterback's injury during the fourth quarter last uh, or yesterday and then during the celebration, the post-game victory locker room speech by the head coach. I'm sure the interviews post-game at their lockers, you could probably sense some downtrodden moods. But seriously, I know it's the quarterback and it's a, a season-ending end, injury, there's just so much going on with a team. There are so many people working so hard at their in their little corner of the locker room and of the team. And so many different components right now are playing well, Giles. they mm-hmm. They're I think they had 5 games in October and they went 4 and 1. They've won 4 of their last 5. Mhm. And if you look around the, the NFC, they're as I said at the top, they are right in the thick of it right now after starting 0-3. Mm-hmm. That all of that's kind of going in the right direction. That even though it's a season-ending injury to the quarterback who is playing at an MVP level, it's still the attitude is still like we got to keep going. We're going. We're, we, we can still do this. And I know that sounds crazy, but it is how it is in the NFL. It's just the nature of the sport. And it's because on Sunday, what you see is um, you see a concert, a symphony. You see a, an organized circus of balancing acts and there's three rings and a main event. And there's so like you see this all organized and everyone's lock and step. But during the week with practices, I mean, it's it's organized chaos. It's 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 compartmentalized special teams is over here doing their thing offensive line is over here doing theirs Mm -hmm. like there's just and right now so much of that is going well for the vikings that even with this injury to cousins i know that they're gonna sit there and be like they're gonna still believe that they can do what they want to do this year and Mm -hmm. to a lot of people listening and to people who watch games on sundays you might not believe that but that's how it is inside the building and so i do I hear what you're saying, Giles, about, you know, you you were pointing out all the things that are going well, all the things that um, are a credit right now to the Vikings that can help them win games, and that is how they're looking at it. Um, JJ uh, likely returning, defense rounding into form, having an identity, offensive line continuing to trend up. Um, so I, I'm I, – I would much rather see this thing go forward with them healthy and with the quarterback in tow. That's not the case, but I'm still excited to see how the team responds because what I've seen, they didn't win four of their last five guys because Cousins just carried them through everything.
1: Mm -hmm. That's correct. They
0: they won four of their last five because a lot of parts of the team are playing well, and those all can still play well Mm -hmm. without Cousins. So I'll be curious
1: to see the response that this team gives uh, Kevin O'Connell and the fan base. And I think it's important to, to note that there have been plenty of winning football teams that have gone the distance in the, in the NFL over the past 20 years with, Dare I say subpar quarterbacks Now you can't technically win a a Super Bowl With a trash quarterback but there's been plenty Of situations where there's been An average quarterback that's been able to ride And operate a well humming Full unit of an an NFL football team so I think there's A chance that we could get this thing back on the rails If we get the right guy under center now maybe The Vikings think that's Jaron Hall Um, I have my own analysis of him or Maybe they think it's someone outside the building but I Think uh, regardless of what that looks Like I think they're gonna have to make a decision between now and 3 p.m.
0: tomorrow well let's talk about it um as i was prepping for this show this week's show giles i opened up my outline that i used my template that i use and it opened up to last week's and last week's title was a season changing victory as the vikings defeated the san francisco 49ers (laughs) and i'm like same thing applies (laughs) it was a season changing victory oh my gosh but just in in a more negative way um All right, well, whenever this happens, Giles, uh, there's a, a few different ways you can go, right? You you can you can go next man up. Mm-hmm. So that would be Jaron Hall, Nick Mullins, and or Sean Mannion. They yep. they li- literally are the, the next three that you could choose from to be next man up. Now, Mullins, I believe, is hurt and not ready to... P- Come back. I think he's on so, IR. Actually, yeah. For the next so, week. so yep. he's not technically an option, although he's on the roster. It yep. would be Jaron Hall or Sha- Sean Mannion, and I would venture to say it's Jaron Hall uh, mm-hmm. of those two. Um, there is a <clears throat> a different route that's lower level, which would be acquiring someone like Colt McCoy, mm. um, some other backup on a roster. Uh, who's not playing and whose team would be okay with dispatching them someplace else for a moderate draft compensation to help bail the Vikings out. I don't like that option in this case. And then there's the higher level route um, where you're talking about calling Tom Brady, calling the Rams for Matthew (laughs) Stafford, checking in with Matt Ryan and Nick Foles, and Carson Wentz. Yep. So a lot of names there, Giles. Uh, a lot of options I threw
1: out. Um, what are your
0: initial thoughts?
1: So I'll start with the first one that you mentioned, Tom Brady. That is quite an intriguing option for a couple of reasons, because I think uh, when I've talked to a few Vikings fans since yesterday's injury, a yep. lot of them comment how uh, Tom Brady did not want to go to the Jets when he was called uh, after Aaron Rodgers went down. And I think it's Incredibly important to denote that Aaron, or uh, that the the New York Jets and Tom Brady do not have a great relationship. Uh, so Tom Brady does not want to work with that organization. And additionally, I think it's important to note that Tom Brady has specifically chosen teams over his entire career that have great offensive lines. And I think if you're going to look at any deficiency for the New York Jets, it was the offensive line. I mean. It's better than some, but it's definitely worse than others. Right. And we think about the Minnesota Vikings. They're now performing like a top elite level offensive line. So yep. you potentially have the recipe book for what Tom Brady requires. And I've heard through the rumblings that Tom Brady wants to win a third Super Bowl with a third franchise. So you just got to dangle that little carrot and see if uh, he'll still come up to the the men in purple and get a little cold here for the winter. But uh, my goodness, yeah. would that be fun? That would be reliving 2009 just in a little different way. Wow.
0: I mean, the thought of that is so intriguing, isn't it? Now, that's going to cost you big money, like dollars-wise.
1: Yep. Uh, and not impossible, the,
0: though. It's not. And you got the problem of it, it's – I know that O'Connell was on a team with Tom Brady, so yep. there's familiarity there. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's much – Schematic familiarity for Tom and O'Connell in this offense. Um, maybe I'm way wrong on that, but I don't. It doesn't. I don't sense that there is that. So there'd be a lot of, a lot of wrinkles that you'd have to yeah. work through there. But in terms of, and I don't even know if Tom is in shape and wanting to do it and all that. I mean, I know it sounds like a pipe dream, <laughs> you know. And truthfully, Giles where I was yesterday watching the game when this was happening, no one even really mentioned his name, Tom's, you know, because I think that, I think people are convinced he's retired. Yep. So, but he's only a year, less than a year out from playing, you know? So I'm not convinced, like, I'm not convinced he's retired
1: I, I completely agree. I've yeah. always known in the back of my head that he was going to make another run at it. He was just waiting for the right opportunity because I yeah. think one, he was waiting for his contract with the bucks to expire. Cause that is something for a team to uh, absorb. Cause technically you would have to trade for him. And secondly, um, similar in a, in a Brian Flores scenario, uh, Tom Brady had a little bit of a legal dance with the, the dolphins when they were trying to force a trade over there. So I think he was trying to let the dust of that settle before trying to make ripples again. Uh, So I think there, there is something like that that should be considered. Um, But I think he was having some knee issues after the past time he was playing. So I think he was trying to let that uh, kind of recover into a a good stance where he could actually come back and play well. Um, But I, I know without a shadow of a doubt, he's going to make one more run. I really, really do. I put absolute money on it. Okay. So hopefully that's with the Vikings, but, you know, maybe it would be, be super
0: cool if it was. Domed or indoor stadium for home games. Top, probably the top tackle duo in the NFL. Yep. One or two, top one or two left tackle, standalone left tackle in the NFL. Best
1: left tackle best right tackle? I opinion.
0: think, yeah, I think. Um, and then weapons are are above average. Yep. And that's if you're just being modest.
1: I, I would think. say they're better than what he had with the I mean, Bucks when he first moved there. I okay. really do. When you think yeah. about Justin Jefferson and what Addison is now coming into, and the fact that TJ Hawkinson is still in his prime. I think Gronkowski, the first season that he was playing there, he didn't hit his true stride until like late in the playoffs, yeah. uh, when you think about that season. And I think yeah. TJ Hawkinson is performing better than what Gronk did at that time.
0: So, I mean, the the structure is there to at least make it Conversation.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Like if the Vikings call his agent Don Yee, Don Yee can't like you know, hit the red ignore button on his iPhone. I mean he's gotta at least <laughs> yep. answer the call and be like, what what you thinking? You know? And if I remember um,
1: correctly, Tom Brady has family of some sort in Minnesota, th- correct? Yeah, he does. So somehow yep.
0: there's a connection there. Yep. Yeah.
1: So it it's
0: not it's not total pipe dream possible. Yep. Now let's Let's go down another path of, it's not Tom Brady. It's it's someone, but not him. Yep. Uh, you you threw out the name that I already mentioned, but you threw it out to me last night when we were texting, Matthew Stafford. So yeah. I, I assume you've looked into it to some extent there. So tell us about that.
1: I have. Uh, and just for the audience's sake, to remind uh, everyone, Matthew Stafford was the quarterback when Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator for the Rams when they won yep. the Super Bowl. Yep. and there is tremendous overlap when it comes to the schematics of what we're trying to do from an obvious standpoint. Oh yeah. So if You're looking for a guy that's plug and play that has literally been there, done that. You, with you wouldn't guy, change anything. Uh, yeah, you would change would step nothing. Step in and right. go for it. Exactly. Right. And I think yep. when you look at the Rams, uh, anytime you're negotiating, right, I've taken a lot of FBI negotiation classes and you try to look for the leverage of someone else, right? What do they need? And how do I create a scenario where both two parties feel like they're winning? What do the Rams need? They need picks. Right. So I think there's a scenario that you could trade for Stafford for. Let's call it a second round pick. Maybe throw some conditional is in there. I'm, I'm willing to play that song and dance. Um, I don't think a first is in play considering his contract because uh, he did sign a four year $160 million contract with $63 million guaranteed. So this current season, he has a $20 million cap hit. By this time in the season, that's about a $10 million cap hit. Ironically, about the same amount of cap space that we have available. Now we might have to restructure a few other people to make it work, but you could slide him into this year's cap hit. And next year, his cap hit balloons to... I want to say 43 million. So it it goes a lot bigger, not not to the top of the league. There's plenty of people that are making more than that. Um, But I believe his contract has not become fully guaranteed until the third day of the league year next year. So although this could be considered reckless, you could trade a second round pick to get him this year if you felt like your team was good enough to go the distance and then cut him by the third day of the league year next year. And this is a one year rental for a second round pick if you feel like you can go actually truly compete for a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I like this for a lot of reasons because I, I, I'm a big fan of this team. I, I mean, we've been big fans of this team this entire season. They just haven't been realizing it. Finally, what? they have hit and hitting true stride. They're just now missing a quarterback. And clearly, uh, Stafford is in a place to do that. And clearly, the Rams are not right now. They're struggling in a lot of ways. They need picks. Okay. So I, I was going to ask you about that, though, Giles. Um,
0: I'm looking at the Rams. They're 3-5. and five. Yep. They're minus nine in point differential. They've lost two straight. So Mm -hmm. they were three and three. Now they're three and five. Mm -hmm. You think that they are okay with waving the white flag?
1: So... I think both things can be true. I think they're maybe not necessarily interested in waving the white flag, but I also think they're not delusional in the fact that Stafford doesn't have that long left and if they're trying to build their team back up and they do need picks because they've traded a lot of them away, right? So if you're really trying to truly uh rebuild your team, I don't think they can truly do that with Stafford, considering he probably only has a few more good years left, and you're also in a highly competitive division with the Seahawks and the Niners. And obviously, the Cardinals are in rebuild mode as well, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're trying to evaluate the entire NFL, they're one of those teams that... They're not dumpster fire this year, but they're also not hitting their true form, and they have a lot of deficiencies across their team because they went all in for their Super Bowl.
0: Okay. I think that... The main hang up in this, Giles, is the Rams dealing with Cooper Cup and mm. Higby and. Huka-nuka. Yeah, and Aaron Donald and them being like, really? You're trading Stafford away? Like, we're battling here for you. You know, like, we're just going to have Brett Rippin in there for us now. I. I don't know how you sell that. That's a that's a tough sell for Les Need and Sean McVeigh, you know? Let me
1: throw another scenario past you. Are what you going to are
0: are you going to mention Jaron Hall's name?
1: Uh I was going to throw it in here. What okay. will you do to this to this trade? Okay. okay. Uh you send Now hear me out here. Daniil Hunter, oh, and Jaron Hall and a first-round pick for Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. Huh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> wow oh my gosh do you do that trade yeah <laughs> yes i would do i would do yes. because daniel hunter's on is on the last year of his contract i think you would probably have to get rid of stafford after this year but i think uh although i love daniel hunter he's number one in sacks right now i don't know if he's necessarily going to resign with the vikings next year so you'd have to replace it with an equal uh but opposite force within the middle that you could keep beyond this year now that would be a hefty price tag for Aaron Donald but I don't know just throwing out some different options love it. uh that would be an awesome option uh, but I agree you'd have to keep the the Rams internal culture component at mind when doing yeah this.
0: that that's that'd be a tough sell um okay so I, I would uh if the it, I would do the trade you just said you know the blockbuster one that you just threw out there I would do I would yep. do Matt I would do Stafford for a two. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was the Vikings and like think of a quarterback of equal stature to Stafford in the league, I might not do it, but because of the familiarity with the scheme and how seamless I think that would be, I would do it with Stafford mm-hmm. coming to Minnesota. I mean, it just, yeah. he just comes into the meeting room and can participate. I mean, there's and, no,
1: yeah. And yeah. has a revenge component with the lions. There you like go, you yeah. have to believe he'd be mighty. Extra We're going to chase motivated. them down. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So all right. So Brady Stafford next. Um, before we talk more about what's on the roster and what is the most likely scenario, which is next man up, let's go through any of the names that you think are worth talking about: Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, whoever else. Is there anyone else that you think is getting a call here? I, I like Nick Foles. I think that's a cool option.
1: Nick Foles. Uh, I would say he would be 1B. You can make an argument for 1A, but I'm going I'm to call it 1B as an option. Okay. I think Matt Ryan is at the top of my list if I have to pick from that list. Okay. Um, when I look at that, all the, the quarterbacks that can fit our system, uh, I think he could fit into that. He's, he's more of a, a, a side-true quarterback, and I believe that in the areas that he has not succeeded in the recent past, it's because of lack of infrastructure. When he yep. had good infrastructure, he went to a Super Bowl with people that are in our building yep that's true nick Foles has also won a super bowl so i will not discount that i think uh that will be a little bit of a magic carpet ride because he's a guy that when he's doing well has done very well when he has been given uh just a standard infrastructure it's not done well so i think you'd have to be very very careful about that decision um carson wentz i think I love him as a person, maybe more than anyone else on that team or on that list there, but I don't think he is in a position to do well with our structure. So okay. honestly, Matt Ryan and, uh, um, and your guy, I think, those could be. yeah, I think that could be interesting.
0: Yeah. Foles is 34 uh has played in big games he's done exactly this come in for a starter who's being replaced or who is out Mm -hmm. uh to take the reins of a team that is competitive and get him to the playoffs and win playoff games nick Foles Mm -hmm. has done that he 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 won a super bowl in u.s bank stadium after all (laughs) um so that's fair yeah got the juice in the building yeah so i i like it um i i don't Know how the team feels about him, and if he can run this, off. I don't. I don't know, but uh, Nick Foles is a guy. Yeah, he. Yeah. yeah, and he would be, and he's a guy I would call. So to me, you call Tom Brady, you see what the Rams want for Stafford, and then you knock on the door of Foles or Matt Ryan, you know, and see what happens.
1: So another important dynamic in this conversation is what do you want to do next year because uh-huh. obviously you are in a really difficult scenario with kirk cousins because you're going to let him play out his contract and potentially resign him so now if you do not resign him you are without a starting quarterback next year and if you continue on this path that the vikings are on this year you're not necessarily going to have the greatest draft positioning to trade up to go get a quarterback if you do it's going to be very very expensive which is definitely an option but i think that that's going to be a, a, a point, uh point you know it's going to be a cause for concern so Do you try to find someone that you can fill in the starter role for the next year or two? You know what I mean? So I think this has implications beyond just this season. So, But Stafford is an option for multiple years, is he not? He is. It would just be very expensive. you would have to restructure his contract and kick kick money down the road. But what's it going to cost to have cousins? It's going to be hugely expensive. That's fair.
0: That's fair. Yeah. So... I don't know if that's six of one half dozen of the other, or if one is significantly more than the other. But Cousins, well, he wasn't going to come cheap. He's going to come cheaper now.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you, you know? definitely have power in that negotiation.
0: I mean, if now Jaron Hall, it would appear, is going to have an opportunity to 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 prove me wrong here. Yep. But if I said to you you have to win the maximum amount of games next year like chips in the middle for next year mm-hmm. i mean the best realistically viable option at quarterback is kirk cousins and it's not yep. close
1: i agree because the next up is Tannehill, and he was just benched from his current team <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, yeah i don't want yeah. him. Yep, no uh yeah out of all those options i want to pick the best and the best is kirk cousins i think it is i've said it before so, I, i'm not a fan of getting cheaper for the sake of getting cheaper. I am always an advocate of getting better at the quarterback position. Now, if you can ever get better and cheaper, that's always the best case scenario, but yeah. that's a really hard formula to crack. Um, yeah. So I think that's something that I think sometimes Minnesota Vikings fans lose sight of. They just think, oh, let's get cheaper, let's get cheaper. Well, let's not get worse in the process. Let's get better first. And then if we find a way to be cheaper and better, then let's do that. But yeah, I, I completely agree. I think based on the options that are on the table now, minus Tom Brady coming back, Kirk Cousins is at the top of the heap.
0: Yeah. So now he's got a rehab and you got to re sign him. And he's, it was probably already not the easiest negotiation of all time with Cousins this offseason. And I would have to think this makes it a bit more complex. Yes. Um, You know, because Cousins has shown his mettle and been tough Mm -hmm. and good for you and deserves to be a very, very highly compensated quarterback. But, He can't run right now. And (laughs) when you negotiate with him, he will not be back healthy yet when it's time to negotiate. So it's a very tricky negotiation. I don't know where you start, and I don't know where it finishes. But unless for some reason the Vikings are in a position to pick in the top five or they get into the top five, I just don't imagine a scenario where you have a better option other than Cousins at quarterback for you next year um This uh man this really muddies the water for the vikings man this is yep. tough
1: they have to pick between now and 3 p.m tomorrow whether they want to continue the season with jaron hall play it out and see how he goes and then just let the chips fall where they may uh and then tackle that question the offseason or figure out what do they want in the next do for the next two years uh before before 3 p.m Now, i think because, it is important because to note- of the trade right. deadline you mean yeah correct yeah tomorrow the october thirty first at three p m central and I do think it's important to note that jaron hall although did he did get a strip sack that that cannot be discounted that was that was a no no yep. he did go three for four now <laughs> yeah. granted it's only four passes, but he was able to get some completion so i don't know do you, do you let him play one one game unfortunately the the trade deadline will pass by the time we can make that happen, but I don't know what were well, your thoughts of him okay.
0: I, I I didn't have anything hugely positive or negative about him. Um, yeah, watching him in college and his tape, I loved his. I think he's got a live arm, and I think he's got mobility. You know, mm-hmm. so and I think he's wide-eyed. I think he's got playmaking. Like he's looking to make plays, and he's mov- he's active and moving around. And I I I don't give him no chance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think that there there are you know there are people in the building who liked him enough to draft him where they drafted him and then there's people in the building who whether they liked him or not when they drafted him they've now been working with him in meetings and practices and you can't help but grow to like a person in that environment yeah. so there's a lot of people in the building who are saying it's Jaron's time this is we're, we're throwing him into the lion's den trial by fire whatever but like what better they they're saying Vikings team builders in the walls of TCO Performance Center with purple shaded glasses, which don't doesn't make it unrealistic, but they are purple shaded. Yep. They're saying, what better environment to bring up our guy in than this? Offensive line playing great, Justin Jefferson coming back. We're in the middle of a playoff race. Like yep. they're they're saying this is a great opportunity for him. Right? Yep. Yep. As opposed to like Bryce Young, you know, who is on a team that needs more weapons and, you know, had to, you know, the Carolina Panthers, they just won their first game just mm-hmm. this week, right? <laughs> so people are saying Jaron Hall's in a much better situation. This is ideal. What better spot for him than right here to, to learn? So I think that the most likely outcome here is Jaron Hall getting, getting an opportunity to just be the starter going forward. I think, I think that's what they're going to end up doing. I yep. just kind of talked myself into it now.
1: I could not agree more because uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned, when you're trying to, to let a rookie do well, you want to build a great infrastructure. And I can't really think of many deficiencies that our team has that prevents him from doing well beyond himself. Yeah. Right. Uh, and yeah. there's two outcomes. They're either you play him and, He does phenomenally and he confirms, wow, we got another Brock Purdy on our hands. He can fit into our system. We have some mobility and more importantly, well, just as importantly, we have a rookie scale contract for the next few years. That gives you a lot, a lot more flexibility across a lot, a lot of other uh, avenues for you to go do well as a team. The other option here is that he tanks and he does not do well. And then you go get a high draft pick and then you solve your quarterback problem the other way. Um, Now, There is a a secret option C there in the fact that Jaron Hall does not do well. You still have the option to re-sign Kirk Cousins after the year, right? So that gives you maybe the most flexibility at making a decision come March is playing Jaron Hall because either he does well and you keep him and you let him be the starter. He doesn't do well and you give yourselves to either draft a quarterback because you have a poor record or you re-sign Kirk Cousins and go that direction. That's right.
0: I agree with you. Uh, Let's look at the schedule here too, Giles. Okay. With Jaron Hall as the quarterback... At Atlanta, I mean, that's one. I, I wouldn't be They're surprised. They're doing well, but they could win. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings won.
1: Hosting New Orleans, they have a very stout defense, but it's a winnable game. Yep. At Denver, I mean,
0: it's winnable. Can win that no, game. no, they
1: beat they beat the Chiefs, but that's also a divisional game, and you know there's some weird oddity there. But that's that's a, a winnable game. It's in Bears. the Mile High Stadium.
0: Bears at home.
1: Bears at home, winnable.
0: Raiders on the road. Winnable. I mean, so that's five right there. Mm -hmm. That with Jaron Hall and with Justin Jefferson coming back soon. Yep. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be favored in any of those games, but if all five of those games are losses, I, I will be really surprised. That would surprise me uh and then it's bengals lions packers lions that's tough i mean (laughs) so um but actually the packers aren't tough at home
1: yeah the packers will be a more winnable game the lions game in both scenarios will be tough just because they're a stout roster uh and it's a divisional game those are always a little bit of a toss-up the bengals i would have normally said would have been an issue going into you know week five week six week seven now they're finally starting to get things to click yeah um so i think that will definitely be a tough game um but I don't know. I mean, you're starting to convince me into Jaron Hall. I that's the way I would go. I think.
0: I mean, I, I would call Tom Brady for sure. Yep. I would, um. I would check and see what the what the situation is with the Rams and Stafford. But yep. after that, I think I would forego Foles, Wentz, Matt Ryan. I would forego all that and just go with Jaron Hall.
1: There is one additional option that we have not mentioned. What is that? I don't know if this is technically on the table, but based on the, the rumblings coming out of their front office, I feel like they're conflicted on what they want to do with him. Kyler Murray. For the second week in a row, I believe he'll be a healthy scratch for all intents and purposes. Now, some people may look at that as intentional tanking. To me, that also maybe seems like they're trying to put him on the trade market and don't want him to get him hurt. Now... I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Kyler Murray and about his performance, his attitude, all those different yep. things. I don't know which ones are well-founded or which ones aren't. Uh, but if the, he was available, would you go after him?
0: I don't think so. I don't know. I think but I'm agreeing I, with you. Yeah. But I, th- I think you have a learning curve there with the offense, would you not? Yep, I you agree. Know? I, unless, unless you told me that the offense he's been – Playing in in the NFL is very similar to what O'Connell runs. In that case, I'm a little more open to it, but no, I, I'd rather go with and see what Jaron Hall has. I mean, mm-hmm. because let's say you go three and two in this five game stretch. You know, let's say you win your your home games and you upset Denver or Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to that you get to the middle of December with seven wins. Like that intrigues me with Jaron Hall and his future. I'm kind of interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably Getting not making shot. the playoffs. The Lions are probably going to handle us, but I'm kind of curious now what Jaron Hall has, and it 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 helps. It's another helping hand in the negotiations with Cousins if those go off the rail. Yep. So where you can just be like, we had a good run with you, Kirk, and the injury's terrible, but you're still way up here. With yep. what you want for a contract, we're down here, plus we have Jaron Hall, plus you're still hurt.
1: Yep. Can't get it done. I think you go it's with Jaron
0: Hall here. I think, I think that's the answer. Unless Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford, you can make those happen, I think you go with Jaron Hall. And I truly will not be surprised if they win two of the next three games. At mm-hmm. Falcons, home Saints, at Broncos. I just won't. I won't be yep. that surprised.
1: Yep. If I'm making a prediction, and you tell me if you disagree with this, I think they go with Jaron Hall. Um, however, if Tom Brady is even remotely available, this is the type of the move that the Wolves make like a big splash play that sends a message to not only Minnesota fans, but the NFL at large that, Hey, we're in this and we're not afraid to, to put in the resources to go win a championship. You know, sometimes those, those resources are misspent sometimes, uh, but they're not afraid to spend when spending is required.
0: Right. That's right.
1: And Tom Brady would be one of those big splash moves that seemingly the Wilfs like to make.
0: Yes, I agree with you. It puts them on NFL Network, which they like. Why aren't we on yeah. NFL Network more? Um, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> yeah,
1: You would be instantly favored, heard in my that. opinion, in a lot of different categories. Yeah, yeah, I mean, really, considering how well they're clicking.
0: Yep, that's right. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, this was therapeutic, and uh, this was beneficial for me, just talking through it with you guys. I know we did a little bit yesterday via text, but... Um, these are, this, I mean, I know it, it might, you might not believe it, people listening, but what Giles and I just did is what the Vikings did on the plane ride home. <laughs> it's what, it's what Kevin O'Connell and Quessy and Rob Brzezinski and phone calls with the Wilfs, and this is what they did. They just mm-hmm. did what Giles and I did. Now, what conclusion did they come to? We don't know yet. Uh, yeah. We'll find out soon, but, um, uh, the move, I think it will end up being Jaron Hall, and uh, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So,
1: um, okay. Anything else? Uh, we did just receive the grades from the Packers game. All right. Offense let's, and defense. If you want to run through, them. let's
0: do it. Yes, let's talk this Vikings Packers game. Let's um,
1: start with offense if you're cool with it. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, first of all, guys, uh, very very unimpressed with Green Bay. I oh, mean, my goodness. <laughs> yuck. <laughs> oh, you have to be so discouraged if you're a Packers fan. I mean, what? Other than A.J. Dillon being, you know, Jerome Bettis light, mm-hmm. what? What? Jair Alexander stinks. Yep. You couldn't pressure the passer.
1: Nope. Jordan
0: Love is throwing balls into the dirt. Your fans are booing you. Matt LaFleur looks like he wants to leave. <laughs> like awful, awful. absolute bottom like there. <laughs> no it is ugly in green bay that is man they
1: almost went the entire game without a first down
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's that's embarrassing i mean green yeah. green bay is doormat of the division for the foreseeable future based yeah. on what i just saw yeah not even close i mean, I, I said to, uh we were watching the game i'm like you know i'm sitting there in the like end of the third quarter, I'm like, actually Green Bay's had every opportunity to get back into this game and make mm-hmm. it close, you know? Yep. And that, that's kind of a, an indictment on the Vikings a little bit, but how can it you is. blame them with what they were going through? But I'm like, yep. a better team than Green Bay would, would, this would be a one score game or, or yep. close to a tie game, but, they uh, punish that. Yep. Absolutely putrid, uh, in Green Bay right now. Don't know which, which way they're facing, which way they're going, but it ain't the right way. All right. Um, Offense Vikings top performers, PFF, on my list, Giles, I yeah. had Cousins, yep. Addison, Hawkinson, Osborne, and then I put O.L. I cheated and put O.L. I got to believe that Derrissah's up there, maybe O'Neal, but I like those skilled players uh, on the Vikings offense.
1: So you got most of them right. Starting at number five is Jordan Addison with a 68.6 grade. Uh, He struggled a little bit in the run game, which is something that we've known about. I think otherwise he would have been the top one or two. Uh, So Jordan Addison for the second week in a row has absolutely balled out. Um, Once Justin Jefferson comes back, that's going to be maybe the most lethal duo in the league. And I, and, Call me biased, but it, looking at it from just surely a football perspective, teams aside, those two will be so dynamic. I'm so yep. excited about that. Their yep. ability to separate is becoming second to none. He made Jair Alexander look like a fool. And Jair oh. Exa- Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks th- in the league. Well, I thought he was. Maybe Addison's yep.
0: just that good. Yeah, okay.
1: Yep, exactly. So whether that was a little bit of a fluke, he's still very good, right? Uh, so Addison absolutely balling out. Coming in at number four is T.J. Hawkinson at a 70.7 grade. Um, same scenario as Jordan Addison, ironically, did did well in every single category except for run blocking um was actually pretty bad in run blocking uh yeah. which we'll get into a, uh, here in a second we were averaged 2.2 2 yards per rush attempt which was pretty poor so there was a low-key issue with the run game against them but that can be explained through a few different varieties okay. um and then coming in at number three jaron hall oh coming boy. In at a 76.2 grade okay uh, had 11 snaps five passes four run uh run attempts so um <laughs> no it's not time to declare him as tom brady yet but yeah. uh had a decent run out with pff uh, okay um, okay and then coming in at number two is johnny Munts, mr uh, the best oh. third tight end in the league had uh, okay. an 85.4 grade didn't play a ton of snaps to be honest but did well when he was on the field and then coming in at number one our boy kirk cousins yeah. at yeah, a 90.1 grade uh he did phenomenal one of his best yeah. games uh this year uh, too bad. if not in his vikings career he did very Good. very well so uh, definitely a teardrop for uh for mr yep. cousins there so no kj um, no kj he was uh just outside to the top five he was a number six at a 68.0 okay. grade all right um uh so ironically we did not have any offensive linemen in the top five um Although we had a great game in pass protection, our run blocking brought That's true. every single offensive line down. That's true. Um, we had a very poor but, run blocking game.
0: But okay, it, also in this game, I should write these things down too. Like I yeah. should write down like what I like my thought and then the time of the game or something. Yep. But I said to someone, I'm like, why w- I wouldn't even run anymore. I would just stop running. We are killing them through the air. They can't guard anyone and they can't pressure Cousins. Why would yep. you even run anymore at all? Yep. Stop yep. running. Yep. Yeah. Not working. Yeah. And I'm not Mr. Video Game Guy and throw the ball every down of every play of every game, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, in this scenario against Green yep. Bay, they couldn't guard you in the pass yep. game. I would just kept throwing it. Okay. Be responsive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, all right. Let's not dwell on who didn't play well. We'll skip past that, guys. Let's go defense.
1: Let's go defense. All right. What um, you got?
0: Bynum, Metellus, Wanum. I'll put Hunter and Harrison in there. Harrison Smith in there. But right. B- Bynum, Wa- uh, Wanum and Metellus I had written down.
1: I like that. Um, Bynum did not make the top five. He had a little bit of a rough day in tackling, which brought down his grade mm. pretty severely. He also um, dropped a pick. Yep, that is also uh, a big issue, um, yeah. which was a gettable ball in my opinion. But um, Oh, yeah. Won't... won't uh, well dwell on that one but uh number five was ivan pace jr coming yeah. in at a 72.9 grade didn't play all the snaps necessarily but did very well in every category that we needed him to um so getting back to true form with him coming back at number four is harrison phillips at an 80.6 he grade. did play well that's true he played very well yep. he was yep. phenomenal in one yep. defense even though we gave up i believe 4.6 yards per carry uh it was not because of harrison phillips yeah um uh, he did have two coverage snaps that brought him down. Otherwise, I think he would have even been higher at an 80.6 grade. Uh, coming in at number three is our boy Josh Metellus yeah. at an 81.1 grade. He had a rough day in uh, run defense. Otherwise, he probably would have done even better than that, but was okay. elite, elite in coverage. Uh, okay. He had a 90.2 grade in coverage. Uh, coming in at number two, although he didn't play a ton of snaps, uh, about half the snaps was Makai Blackman coming at a oh, 90.1 good. grade. That's good, um, yeah. Which I've been really pushing for him to uh, to get more involved because we when he's been on the field and put in the right scenarios he's done very well, uh, so very elite in coverage played 20 coverage snaps, and then coming in at number one, Daniel Hunter at a yep. 92.7 grade yep. uh, had one sack seven pressures uh, like uh, six quarterback hurries like that's exactly who we want uh, Daniil Hunter to be. Yep,
0: Daniel Hunter impacts the game, man. He yes, he's a force. Even when PFF doesn't grade him well, I still look at him and I'm like that guy change the game from a yes. preparation standpoint and then an on the field impact. Yeah, he's he's a big time playmaker for the Vikings. Yep. All right, good. Um, before we go here, let's let's talk the rest of our observations from Green Bay and then very quickly on Atlanta giles. Um, you know, I was very unimpressed with Green Bay. I was impressed with Cousins. I thought he was playing great. And I was impressed with Kevin O'Connell's play design and play calling. I thought that was impressive, too. They really stressed the Packers' pass defense. They put them in compromising positions, wide open uh, receivers everywhere. Very impressed uh, that way. And then there were just a few players on the defense that I really enjoyed watching. I thought Harrison Phillips, Daniil Hunter, DJ Wanham were just a handful uh, for the Packers up front. Um, you know, and then I, I just love how much you can do with Harrison Smith, you know? And I think a guy like Brian Flores looks at a player like Harrison Smith and aside from maybe he's not as elite athletically as he used to be in his prime. So that's not really quite there anymore. But other than that, I mean... Harrison Smith is just such a good fit for what mm-hmm. Brian Flores wants to do. He wants to pressure and blitz and have different looks and disguise. And just he wants to do so many dynamic things. And Harrison Smith is a great player for that because yeah. he's not a one-trick pony. He's cerebral and smart and instinctive. And he can talk ball on the sideline with you. He's hyper aware of Other people around him, and he has a great perspective on things. So, I just think I continue to be sort of in love with the Harrison Smith Brian Flores dynamic. I think it's super cool to watch.
1: Yep, Uh, especially when you consider that for every single snap on Sunday, except for one, uh, so 67 snaps out of 68, we had three safeties on the field. Oh, cool. Almost every single snap, did we have three safeties on the field? Uh, Honestly, we're getting back to uh, you know the reason that we signed Brian Flores uh, back to that uh, he's the best teacher in the NFL, or at least one of them, uh, for teaching people how to play defense better. And yeah. when you consider the fact that the Minnesota Vikings have one of the youngest rosters in the NFL, clearly he's been able to mold that into something that is quite lethal. Um, yeah. Now, I wouldn't say we are the best th- defense in the league, but considering we were one of the worst last year, I don't think we're anywhere near what that was last year. So considering the the mileage we've been able to put on this team since 2022 we're in a great format you're the yep. exact type of recipe that tom brady looks for yep.
0: <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> nice one got that one in there one quick bug yep all right um, if you're
1: listening come on over i have an extra bedroom water's warm <laughs> the yep. water is warm jump on in um all right anything else from the packer game uh no i think uh i mean across every other category than cousins we're starting to do well i i do think cam acres does need to get a few more snaps i think i've been Proven time in and time out throughout the season. that I think Alexander Madison is best fit as RB2, Uh, not RB1. And I think it's reflected in the yards per rush attempt. Um, But we still won the game. You know, wins count the same. So if we're trying to, um, you know, nitpick a little bit and try to figure out how to optimize this team moving forward, I do think putting Cam Akers is a little bit better of a a game plan. Um, So push all contract type stuff out of the way, whoever you're paying the most, and just simply put performance on the field. And I think that might be Cam Akers.
0: All right. I don't disagree with that. Uh, really good scheme fit, knows this offense. Uh, I like his style, the way he runs. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's, um, you know, on passing downs or running downs, you can use him. I think he can pass protect. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all that. Um, all right, let, let's talk Falcons. Falcons Vikings. Um, Falcons are four and four, Giles. They are um, they're three and one at home, one and three on the road. They're coming off a loss at now Na- at the Titans uh they went to Nashville and lost to Tennessee 28 to 23 a game where Taylor Heineke um who we all know and are familiar with went 12 of 21 for 175 yards and a touchdown so uh he mm-hmm. came in in relief of their starting quarterback Desmond Ritter mm-hmm. uh who left the game I presume um and did not come back because of uh, for the same reason he left with a concussion and did not come back into the game um so Ritter has been a little uneven. Uh, he's a guy the Falcons drafted a couple years ago, and they're trying to make it work with him. But it's it's been uneven, and I won't be surprised if Heineke is the starter next week. Um, I know Brock Purdy came back from a concussion and started the following week, uh, as he mm-hmm. started this week against Cincinnati after sustaining a concussion in Minnesota last week, but I would imagine it'll be Taylor Heineke. So with Heineke, Giles, what you are dealing with is someone who... Is very is a very good passer on his first read, uh, pre-snap, and then first read very good. Can yep. you can put him up there with anyone? Yep. Uh, when it gets beyond that, second read, third read, not great. Until he starts to scramble and run, then he's a problem because he's mobile yep. and he can pick up yards on the ground. So if you can, if you can guard their receivers to get Heineke off that first read and then contain him in the pocket, you're going to beat Taylor Heineke. Yep. If you don't do those two things, Heineke can beat you. And that's what I think this game comes down to is containing Heineke as a runner and doing well initially in pass coverage so that you get Heineke off that initial read.
1: Yep. And lastly, we cannot forget that this is a revenge game for Heineke. Yes, that's
0: true. It is. Yes. Going against uh, the team that sort of had a, their, had the first chance to really invest in him and keep him in the Minnesota yep. Vikings, right? right? Yep.
1: Yep. A little bit of an issue there off the field. Uh, obviously, yep. we separated as, as units, but uh, it'll be a really interesting game, yep. that's for sure, because they're yep. not a, a pushover team, but it is a winnable game for the Minnesota Vikings. Yep.
0: Offensive line is okay. Bijan Robinson is a special player. I don't think they've got anything super special to throw to. I mean, Drake London's got some speed. Kyle Pitts has some versatility. Um, offensive line, all right. Uh, defense is okay. But, yeah, this is, this is a winnable game for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, looking at the – I'm looking at next week's slate right now to see if there's a line already put up. There is. Atlanta favored by four and a half, Giles, in this game. Mm-hmm. Now I was curious about this because someone asked me what I th- how I thought the game would go next week, and I said, "Oh, I mm-hmm. think it's going to be a low-scoring grinder that the Vikings will win." <laughs> the over/under is thirty-seven and a half. That's about as low as you'll ever see. So yeah. that's what the odds makers expect to. Um, you know, more news to come here on Cousins. We'll see if the Vikings make a move at the deadline. I think it'll be Jaron Hall who starts. And I think the Vikings will have a good chance to win this game on Sunday. Um, if I had to predict right now, uh, this early in the week, uh, assuming it is Jaron Hall who plays, I think I'd put the Vikings on like a 20-17, a, a to 19-16, something low-scoring, one-score victory for the Vikings. How about you?
1: Um, I am very similar posture. I would guess an 18-24 to 24 win for the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh so fairly low scoring um a lot of what is pl- is going well for the Vikings will continue to go well even without Cousins Giles and that's why I talk so optimistically about these next 5 games for the Vikings. I can't wait to see how they respond and to see what happens and it would be interesting if a month from now they were 6 and 6, you know, or mm-hmm. Or 7-5, and wouldn't it?
1: Still in it. Still in it.
0: Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. I would like that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, A lot to sort of uncover and hear about here in the next 48 hours with the trade deadline coming up, the official Cousins injury news, speculation about what they do, who they call, will there be a trade. Um, As mentioned already here on the show, though, Giles and I are sort of feeling like it will be Jaron Hall, right? Yep.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: See, he'll get his uh, his shot to uh, to run the show and, and we'll see what happens so uh, the notebook is emptied anything else for you to get to Giles
1: no like that wraps it up
0: all right that'll wrap it up um, Vikings Falcons next Sunday that game is at noon Central time it's in Atlanta see if the Vikings can continue their hot streak um, and get above 500 for the first time this season. Watch the TV tonight. See what happens to those Detroit Lions. They're hosting the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday Night Football. Would be interesting if they were to drop one at home. Um, give the Vikings a little more optimism. So. Um, Seriously. That's going to do it for this episode of the Wobcast 2.0. Vikings-Falcons noon on Sunday. Watch the game and then come back here and listen to us talk about it next week. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow the Wobcast 2.0. You can do that wherever you follow all your other favorite podcasts and football content, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, YouTube. On behalf of Giles, this is Wobby signing off for now. Until next time, Skol Vikings.